Hello, this is Father Jeremiah, and I would like to speak today about a wonderful treasure, a wonderful gift that comes to us from the Christian East, and that gift is the Jesus Prayer. But before we begin, let's listen to the Word of God. It's a reading from the Gospel according to Mark. And they came to Jericho, and as he was leaving Jericho with his disciples and a great multitude, Bartimaeus, a blind beggar, the son of Timaeus, was sitting by the roadside. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And many rebuked him, telling him to be silent. But he cried out all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stopped and said, Call him. And they called the blind man, saying to him, Take heart, he is calling you. And throwing off his mantle, he sprang up and came to Jesus. And Jesus said to him, What do you want me to do for you? And the blind man said to him, Master, let me receive my sight. And Jesus said to him, Go your way, your faith has made you well. And immediately he received his sight and followed him on the way. If there were three words that I would use to describe the modern person, I would describe the modern person as distracted, anxious, and exhausted. Now, I don't say that in a arrogant or self-righteous or even a judgmental way. Because in a very real way, this is all of us. This is myself included, who are, who are living in this modern world where things are moving so fast that all of us to very varying degrees suffer from distraction from anxiety and from exhaustion and so what is the way out of this situation in which we find ourselves how can we break free from these things The answer is prayer. Now, notice how I didn't say first that the answer is the Eucharist or the Word of God. And the reason is because without a deep prayer life, our receptivity of the graces of the Eucharist of hearing the Word of God is going to be limited. Right? The Eucharist is, is not magic. Similar to Jesus' parable on the sower, when he says the seed that fell on good soil brought forth grain, growing and increasing 30, 60, 
and a hundredfold. This is why prayer, or developing our interior life with God, is vital. It's really the one thing necessary, the most important task for all of us. Now, obviously there are many forms of prayer, many ways, many expressions of prayer. But specifically today, when I'm talking about prayer, I want to talk about what is known as the prayer of the heart. Before we get into that, what do we mean exactly when we say the heart? Right? The heart has various connotations in, in society and in, and in our culture. And I'd like to just quote from the Catechism, paragraph 2563. Very beautiful paragraph on the, on the heart. It says that the heart is the dwelling place where I am, where I live. The heart is our hidden center beyond the grasp of our reason and of others. Only the Spirit of God can fathom the human heart and know it fully. So the heart then really is, is this place inside each of us where we stand naked before God. The heart in this understanding is where our, in some sense, our true colors are revealed, where there is no hiding behind our masks that we might wear in our life or the roles that we play, or even our, our social status. So when, when I talk about, or when many of the, the Eastern Fathers talk about the prayer of the heart, they're talking about this encounter with God in the very depths of one's being, beyond the surface, beyond what is temporary, towards that which is eternal. And so, as all of us in life have noticed, getting to this place of one's heart is not so easy. And so how do, how do I get to my heart? Well, the Jesus prayer is a way. It's not the only way. It's not necessarily everybody's way. But the Jesus prayer is a way that has been used by many saints, by many mystics throughout the history of Christianity. And really, the Jesus prayer is as old as Christianity itself. And in my own opinion, it is one of the most quickest and direct ways of encountering God in the very depths of one's heart. Because of this, the Jesus prayer 
can be like almost a, a healing balm that soothes our distraction, our anxiety, and our exhaustion. And of course, I'm not suggesting that if, if we struggle with these things severely and if we're seeking any sort of medical or psychological assistance, that we stop that. The Jesus Prayer is not something that necessarily that's miraculous, that's going to take away all of our struggles. But it certainly can help in assisting us, bringing about a deeper encounter with God in the depths, in the depths of our very being, which has a particular healing quality to it. What is the Jesus Prayer, and where does it come from? Well, the Jesus Prayer finds its root in Scripture and in tradition. The two Scriptures that the Jesus Prayer takes its origin from is the one I read in the beginning, the story of, of Bartimaeus, where he cries out, you know, Jesus, Son of David, have mercy on me. And another scripture passage is in the Gospel of Luke, chapter 18, verses 9 to 14, with the, the parable of the Pharisee and the tax collector. And if you remember in that parable, the tax collector stands in the back, and he doesn't even lift his head to heaven, but beats his breast. And he says, O oh God, be merciful to me, a sinner. And so it's really from these two Gospel passages where the origin of the Jesus Prayer finds its root. In the tradition of the, the Desert Fathers, 2nd and 3rd century, they would often recommend short scriptural prayers, what we would call today as, as aspirations, or St. Augustine <clears throat> would refer to as arrow prayers. There were these short prayers that had the, this powerful effect to them. And so the Desert Fathers would recommend this way of praying both during actual prayer times and outside of prayer times as a way to continually live in the presence of God, to continually be bringing one's heart and one's mind before God. And so the Jesus Prayer is both a prayer but also a way of life. It is a prayer because it is a heartfelt cry to God. Through the Jesus Prayer, one's heart, one's mind, one's whole being is, is lifted up to God. St. John Damascene defines prayer as the raising of one's mind and heart to God. And so clearly this is happening through the the saying through the invocation of the Jesus Prayer. And in a more profound way, the Jesus Prayer is also a way of life. The practice of the Jesus Prayer, many of the, the Eastern Fathers would teach, is that it would lead a soul eventually to what is referred to as Hezekiah, which is an inner stillness, or an uh, inner quiet, or tranquility, 
which is never an end in itself, but becomes almost the foundation for a continual remembrance of God, a guarding of one's mind and heart, and hence deep interior prayer. So this Hezekiah, which is oftentimes the fruit of the Jesus prayer, is meant to help us live more deeply in the presence of God and to unite the person as a whole. It is essentially this attitude of listening to God and openness towards Him. Now, the words of the Jesus Prayer are, there are many variations of the Jesus Prayer. Perhaps the longest version that I'm aware of is Lord Jesus Christ, Son of the living God, have mercy on me, a sinner. Perhaps the most common variation of the Jesus Prayer is Lord Jesus Christ, have mercy on me, a sinner. Or, Lord Jesus Christ, have mercy on me. Some other variations would be, Lord Jesus, have mercy. Or, Jesus, mercy. Or, reduced to its essential core, the very holy name, Jesus. Or, Yeshua, its Aramaic expression. And so the best, really, advice is to ask the Holy Spirit which variation is best for you and to stick with that variation and not be changing the different variations in our different times of prayer. And the reason for this is because a tree that is constantly being uprooted is never able to sink its roots deeply. And it's very similar with with the Jesus prayer. The the fathers of the church often recommend that when we sort of choose a variation, that we stick with it so that we can allow it to sink deep into our hearts. If we keep changing the prayer, it's like uprooting a tree and it's never really able to sort of sink its root deeply in us. But despite whatever variation we use, The essential core of the Jesus Prayer is the holy name of Jesus. The Catechism reminds us that the name of Jesus is at the heart of Christian prayer. And many of the fathers would suggest that the Jesus Prayer is a perfect summary of the Gospel because they would would make known the fact that the first part of the prayer, Lord Jesus Christ, that we're acknowledging in that part of the prayer the divinity of Christ, while the second part, have mercy on me. We are acknowledging our need for a Savior and that we are all sinners. And so we see this Beautiful recognition, Lord Jesus Christ, of this divinity of the divinity of Christ, and then have mercy on me. 
this, this recognition of my own need for salvation. Because in, in many ways, we're all like Bartimaeus we heard in the Gospel. And we have to cry out, Lord Jesus Christ, have mercy on me. And just a, a brief note on the word sinners. You know, some people have suggested, and I've even read a few articles on this, where they say that the Jesus prayer is, is unhealthy because of its repetition of referring to oneself as a sinner. Right? In our age where people are psychologically sensitive, that it's not good to constantly be referring to oneself as a sinner. Well, what does it mean to be a sinner? Okay, a sinner is one who stands in need of God. A sinner is someone who is inadequate by, his, by himself. Someone who's not perfect. And my friends, that's all of us. I'm at the very front of that line. But let's not forget that Jesus came for sinners. Matthew 9, verse 13, Jesus says, I came not to call the righteous, but sinners. And Paul reminds us in Romans chapter 5 that God shows his love for us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. So being a sinner, then, is not so bad. If you are a sinner, then you are a special friend of Jesus. And so the use of the word sinner in the Jesus prayer is not meant, if you use this variation with the word sinner, it's not meant to make us hate ourselves or become depressed, over ourselves or anything like that. It's simply to remind us of our need for God, of our need for a Savior. And it's this recognition, ironically, that leads to joy, that leads to peace, that leads to happiness. Because we recognize and experience in the very depths of our heart that we have that Savior in Jesus. And so, How do I say the Jesus Prayer? Well, we say it slowly and calmly. You know, the Jesus Prayer is is not a machine gun mowing down all of our distractions, all of our thoughts, all of our fears, all of our pain. But the Jesus Prayer is more like a lantern or a candle that is quietly and gently leading us out of darkness, pointing the way out of our own misery, of our own fears. The Jesus Prayer is not meant to be a mechanical, constant repetition. If the prayer leads you to silence, then we stay in that silence until we find ourselves thinking again or getting distracted by something else, and then we return to the prayer 
the simple invocation. Very similar, just the way a, a hawk or an eagle does not always need to flap its wings in order to soar. There are periods of time when, when the hawk or the eagle can just soar without flapping its wings. But then it will have to flap its wings again to keep going. And I believe that's a good image for us in the use of the Jesus prayer. We recite the prayer and if it leads us to silence, we can sort of let it go until we find ourselves again becoming distracted. Then we return to the prayer. It's also important to mention that when we're saying the prayer, we don't want to say it in a rush. We want to avoid the extremes of saying it too fast, but also saying it too slow. Just simply say it quietly, Lord Jesus Christ, have mercy on me. Lord Jesus Christ, have mercy on me. And perhaps here is something difficult for people to, when they first begin with the Jesus prayer, when we are saying the Jesus prayer, the fathers of the church will remind us that we are not to be thinking about Jesus during this time. We are not trying to imagine Jesus during the time of the Jesus prayer. That it is not a time for reflection or discursive meditation. And I think the basic reason for that is because in the Jesus prayer, we are sinking down deep into the place of the heart. And this place is ultimately beyond images and beyond thought. And if we were to sort of go in this route of thinking or imagining Jesus, which is a good thing to do, obviously, in other uh, expressions of prayer, but if we were to do that during the Jesus prayer, in some sense we would stop too early. The Jesus prayer is meant to lead us directly down into the depths of our heart, which is beyond images and thoughts and even ideas. One of the most notable fruits of the Jesus prayer is continual prayer. Meaning that if you begin to say the Jesus prayer regularly, you'll notice over time that the prayer begins to say itself in you throughout the day. And this is a beautiful discovery. You'll notice that Maybe when you're walking or when you're driving or even at work or when you're going to bed at night or even when you wake up in the morning, if somebody has really said the Jesus prayer and if it's taking root in you, you'll notice that that prayer is sort of quietly saying itself inside of you. And so we can distinguish here between the formal use of the Jesus prayer and the informal use of the Jesus prayer. So the formal use of the Jesus prayer would be spending a certain amount of time every day, specifically praying the Jesus prayer, sitting down and praying the Jesus prayer. And then the informal use would be praying the Jesus prayer in the midst of one's life. Again, when they're driving to work or when they're going to sleep at night or when they're walking or cooking or whatever it is one might be doing. This is a beautiful way to help fulfill 
the command of St. Paul in 1 Thessalonians when he urges the Thessalonians to pray without ceasing. Once again, the Catechism reminds us that the invocation of the holy name of Jesus is the simplest way of praying always. And so, my recommendation, if you feel the Lord might be inviting you to this way of prayer, is to spend 15 minutes a day with the Jesus Prayer. 15 minutes a day where you can sit down, turn off your phones, turn off your computers, and to simply sit quietly and recite the Jesus Prayer, whichever variation you feel drawn to. To give it 15 minutes a day for a few weeks, to really discern, to see if there is, if this is the way the Lord's calling you to pray, or if this is a way that He's calling you to pray in. And if you discern that it is, I oftentimes recommend to people, if they, if they are able to, to pray the Jesus Prayer for 30 minutes a day in, in quiet and, and in silence. But then also to take that prayer with you during your life as you do the things that God has called you to do, to have this prayer sort of quietly going on in the very depths of your heart. And so the Jesus Prayer is, is not a spiritual trend. It's not a fad. It's not a meditation technique. It's a beautiful way of encountering God in the very depths of our heart and of leading us more deeply to continual prayer, to the acknowledgement of Jesus as the Lord and our need for a Savior. And so this is why ultimately, the, the ultimate fruit, I believe, of the Jesus Prayer is joy and peace. God bless you.